Welcome to Building Insights, brought to you in association with Axo Nobel and its brands Dulux Trade and Dulux Decorator Centre. Hi, I'm James Parker, Managing Editor at NetMag Media, Publishers of Housing Management and Maintenance. And today we're joined by Peter Howard, who is Sustainability and CSR Lead at AXO Nobel. He's an expert on sustainability and can give us the latest on how paint can contribute to sustainability goals in social housing projects. Good morning, Peter, and thanks for being on Building Insights. Good morning, James. It's an absolute pleasure. How long have you worked at AXO Nobel and what was your path to your current role? Uh, well, I would say I've been on a, a 12-year journey inside AXO Nobel towards my dream job, uh, which is the one that I currently hold. Uh, and I've actually, uh, in true sustainability style, uh, gone on a circular journey. Uh, I began <laughs> um, my role in AXO Nobel in sustainability, um, but then also shifted to innovation, products marketing, communication, and then lastly sales roles before returning uh, to, if you like, head up to the sustainability efforts that we're running. So it's been a long journey, uh, but actually one that I think has equipped me quite well because uh, sustainability is a real innovation marketing and comms challenge as much as it is a technical one. Right. So it's not all um, sweetness and light. It's, it's, it can be very tough at times. It, it, it can. It can. And I know that specifiers of, uh, of all types, building owners of all types, and especially in a social housing sphere, are facing into lots of challenges. But actually, I think there's an awful lot of great things that we can do together. Mm. And also driving uh, changes in your, your formulations, etc. There's challenges there too. Yes, absolutely. Um, so like all um, manufacturers, the, the vast majority of our impact um, comes from our products themselves. Um, we're quite lucky, I think, within paints and coatings. You know, there's an intrinsic um, sustainability benefit to coatings in that after all they've been there to preserve and protect substrates or surfaces or beautify them and boost sort of well-being and how people feel about spaces for, for thousands of years but there's also always been an intrinsic uh, embedded environmental impact so the, the industry really has been on a long journey in how can you retain all those great benefits of paints and coatings but reduce the environmental impact on them so it's a, a journey that we're very used to one that we're continually accelerating and have lots of great innovations around uh, but it's actually one that's been going on you know for decades too right so why is sustainability such a hot topic currently for the construction sector and also perhaps you could talk about drivers in social housing as well so the buildings are intrinsically important uh, and linked to uh, the environmental impacts of the uk but also the benefits um, that we have to drive across society so i think that's why there's so much focus on, on the built environment through regulation um, the other great benefit that the whole construction industry has, and this is particularly true also in, in social housing, is that frankly, it's full of really, really brilliant professionals. Yeah, these are really inspirational designers, very smart engineers. Uh, yeah, project managers are some of them the most gifted problem solvers in the world. So I think the construction sector, the, the built environment in totality, is very well placed to create challenges, but also to overcome them. Uh, if we then just dive straight into the, to the social housing um, sector sure. itself, of course, there you get this incredible overlay of the whole purpose of the sector. You're housing those in need, providing accommodation, shelter, services to support people. Um, and to do that in a way that is not only sustainable, but really gives them you know, improved um, standard of living, improved well-being, improved health outcomes. 
Uh, so I think you have this great overlay uh, of challenges, but also solutions. And I think the key is trying to combine the united expertise of all those players in the construction sector to try and give sectors like social housing as many solutions as they possibly can. Do you see that social housing is one area where sustainability has managed to get to the top of the agenda, including in prioritising investment? Um, Yes, I do. Uh, And I think that's for a variety of reasons. Um, But one of the most helpful, I would say, uh, is that unlike many sectors, the social housing sector looks to the long term. Yeah. So social housing, you know, come, uh, customers of ours, we know will ask us about program information and maintenance programs, but they're actually interested in a perhaps a 30 year cycle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they hold on to the assets for, for a long time. And they've got Whereas a vested a, interest. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. So there's this complete uh, twinned responsibility and uh, benefit to actually how do you plan for the long term? How do you extend maintenance cycles? How do you reduce carbon and environmental impacts over that life cycle? Um, and that enables a very different conversation. Uh, if I compare that to a typical uh, construction project within social housing, we can look at how can we deliver the best outcomes for, the, for these sets of buildings over the next 30 years mm. to help um, all those uh, residents uh, and also the social housing customer themselves to reduce maintenance costs year on year so they can have more budget to go in other services which can really benefit their residents. Yeah, there's almost a counterintuitive thing, isn't there, where um, the spec in social housing it can be a lot higher than the equivalent in the, the private sector because of that long-term focus. Yeah, no, no, yeah. quite. Um, so, so within our Gulich trade portfolio, we've um, had for around 12 years now a, a durability um, area, and it began with our Gulich trade diamond range, which is our, our most durable paints and coatings. Uh, and really, actually, the genesis of them was uh, the social housing sector and also school corridors. It was those really busy spaces, constantly get that wear and tear. And as a result, we're really dragging down maintenance budgets because they kept having to be repainted, repaired. We do really work on colour too. Um, mm-hmm. you know, colour really does not change any of the cost profile of a decorating project. But just a few different shades can really transform a space and make people see it as being different. They then change their behaviour in it. But of course, mechanically having strong, robust paints and coatings that can be repaired easily if needed uh, and so on, but also help repel stains or anti-scuff like our scuff shield can help to truly extend the maintenance cycle, keeping those spaces looking great. The residents, you know, feel that they get a benefit of the spaces being looked after. Mm -hmm. um, And I think that's where we can really partner with social housing, um, social housing entities um, and all of their projects management teams and asset management teams to really work on that long term position. Yes. Yeah, obviously, that's sustainability in a wider sense, I guess, of mm. durability, etc., which is important. And you've, you've neatly just moved on to the next question about how can paints and coatings <laughs> help housing managers uh, mm. improve sustainability. Um, and I was wondering if you can if you can expand a bit further, maybe mm. talk about uh, how water based paints have have improved over over recent years, because obviously that's a mm. kind of go to for sustainability isn't it but but have we managed to continue innovating on that on that front uh, yes yes we, we certainly have well, voc content solvent as it's often called mm. um, it is still an area where the paints industry has to tackle a high impact raw material uh, ingredient um, now there are two ways of, of looking at this and I'll, I'll dwell on the most obvious ones first and that's what we call in the industry trim paints but these are really uh, wood and metal coatings the glosses of this world, yes. Exactly, exactly. And if you and all your listeners close their eyes and I say, do you think of a gloss paint? Yes. It's probably one of those scenarios where you might think of a, a surface, but actually you're thinking of a smell. 
And it's that smell, yes. which is the soluble content. Which can um, go on for weeks. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. And the biggest benefits of water-based and switching is firstly, there is no discernible benefit that a solvent-based paint has versus a water-based now. You know, technology has moved on so much, we can literally give you comparable product performance. And, and a vast difference in terms of sustainability impact. A, 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 huge, a huge difference. So the right. average... Um, the average VOC content difference between a solvent-based and a water-based coating can be between a 70%. It's around 70% difference. That equates to a 20 to 30% change in carbon footprint. Wow. But with no real discernible performance difference? Not at all. I'd actually argue the opposite, because if you imagine you are a social housing asset manager responsible for 30,000 units, and you think of all of those skirting boards, all those trim areas, all those doors that you need to maintain. Yeah. If you can switch your program, automatically lowering the material carbon footprint by, say, let's call it 20%, that's a significant carbon saving. But actually, because water-based paints yellow over a much lower period of time um, than solvent-based, solvent-based can actually yellow quite quickly, particularly in areas where there isn't a lot of natural light, i.e., like, unfortunately, communal areas and staircases yes. very often, um, you can actually extend the maintenance cycle. So you're, right. you're using an intrinsically lower carbon um, you know, a specification and your extending lifetime. Uh, but the other benefit, getting back to, uh, to, to, to residents themselves, yeah. um, is, is the odour. Um, so if you imagine a stairwell um, being decorated, that solvent smell can be quite pungent and it can actually hang around for, for, around, for weeks, uh, mm. particularly with this poor ventilation in the area. Conversely, you can be decorating with water-based coatings while actually having the space open for use and you yeah. can hardly smell or detect the decorating's underway. So Amazing. that's the difference. Um, a lot of our hotel chains, student accommodation chains, have uh, seen the switch and they can actually decorate overnight and use the room the following day because they're using water-based. You would never be able to do that with solvent-based. So it's really a win-win-win uh, for, for the sector um, and, of course, uh, for, for the wider planet too. Durability is mm. something you've mentioned. Uh, is there a difficult kind of balancing act currently when you're, you're pushing the, the water content a bit higher? Um, I, I, I would say uh, when uh, the water-based uh, coatings first came out, uh, around 10 to 15 years ago, you began to see them being introduced in the UK market. Um, I think you had the complete extremes. You had the traditional very high VOC content, solvent-based material, and then you had uh, low VOC uh, on the other hand, and there was quite an extreme difference. Uh, and I think what happened uh, with those ranges is actually the applier, the decorators and contractors themselves um, had a lot of difficulty applying those coatings. Um, right. it's, it's quite a shift in terms of how you apply. Um, water space dry faster, so actually you can apply the paints quicker. But as a result, you do have to adapt your technique. You do have to go a bit quicker yourself as a decorator. Okay. Um, you have less opportunity to play with the coating. Yeah. Uh, and so on so there's a little bit of a, tra a training mission there, there is yeah. uh, absolutely so uh, i think that initially um caused some issues and unfortunately um that gave uh, water-based coatings a reputation within the market but uh, as we've shifted naturally where we're in what we call hybrid coatings at the moment where there is still some solvent content within them mm. you're getting the best of both worlds you know uh, far far a reduced environmental impact but still a product with great flow. So uh, we will try to create that that optimal balance uh, yeah. to, uh, to use a food analogy with the Hovis best of both. It's, it, the, <laughs> the coatings really are in that type of position, I would say at the moment, which Brilliant. gives the applier a lot of confidence in putting them on the wall, yeah. but the building owner a lot of confidence that they're making a more sustainable choice and a choice for the long term. 
Uh, okay. Specifically, when it comes to, to maintenance cycles, uh, if you are using light colours or or, um, or white, which invariably is still by far the most popular um, colour that, that we use on our, our trim and walls in the UK, um, water-based coatings do yellow over a much longer period of time. So you, you literally will get a few more years out of your decorative cycle if you're yes. using water-based paints. So, so the, the two are absolutely entwined. Just in terms of decanting occupants, if you need to refurb social mm. housing, has, has drying times improved to, to make that more feasible with less disruption? Uh, yes, tre- tremendously. Um, so, so decorating is inv- uh, and decorators are invariably the last trade in on a project. So yeah. if you think of a, um, a social housing dwelling, uh, perhaps there's been a whole, a whole refurb, uh, new kitchens, new bathrooms have gone in, new carpets. Um, mm. It's right towards the end uh, of, the, of that particular project where the decorator then, then comes in to finish um, yeah. and so on to finish that project. Um, now, often, and I think all those built professional uh, professionals uh, listening to this call will laugh, uh, often these projects are tight for time when it comes to decorating. Perhaps, so dare I say it, the, the timelines are already uh, slightly over where everyone would want them to be. So, so there's always pressure on the painters to, to get through quickly. Um, and this is where, uh, where water-based coatings can really come in, um, in giving you um, a, a much faster recoat time. So invariably, you need to do two coats. Yeah. Uh, and within water-based, you can get two coats on in a day. Uh, right. So that enables you to finish that job very, very quickly. Um, if you have th- th- those new uh, fixtures and, f- and fittings going in and then you're using solvent-based, it's as brilliantly refitted as it is. And it's grateful, as no doubt the tenants are coming in. Yeah. You know, the first thing they're greeted with is that smell. Um, yeah. But now, now they're walking into to, you know, to, to a much fresher environment. And uh, the key thing, particularly in the social housing sector, is that when those tenants get the keys and they walk in, it really feels like they're home quickly. Absolutely. I suppose it's a strange... Uh outcome of all this is that people might not be convinced that it has been repainted because it doesn't mm. smell <laughs> yes yeah well, and funny enough that's actually where the color conversation comes in so one of the things uh, often i would plead with my customers uh, when i uh, was, was in sales to do it is to slightly change the colors uh, right. because if you do like for like almost regardless of your color scheme yeah it's not as impactful you know, so if you think of uh, of your office, perhaps the you know uh, uh, restaurant shops that you you know you frequent, yeah. um, and so on, you know, any space that you come into frequently, if someone has decorated that and it's like for like, you walk in and it's still a great space, or for whatever purpose you go to there frequently, um, yeah, but you're not going to notice a difference. Uh, it, it, it is absolutely, and I just you know, it could be just flipping the color scheme. You know, perhaps you there's two colors used and you're you know, using the ratio differently. Um, or, or so I'm bringing out different feature walls, et cetera. I think um, the, you know, the sustainability accreditation schemes have hugely helped the agenda uh, within, within the wider built environment, the BRIAMs, the, the leads of this world. And of course, recently we've had the world standard really coming to the UK and become ever more popular, really looking at actually buildings from an occupant perspective. And um, I think you know, what we aim to do um, as Axon Bell and as Stewart's Decorator Centre is to provide all the tools and assets that any professional in the built environment can need to ensure that from a paints and coatings perspective and colour too, that they have the, the, the right you know, accreditations, uh, the right testing has been done so mm-hmm. that we can ensure that those specifications meet all the needs of the space. And then, of course, we can help deliver easily the colours that, that people need. Uh, we've actually just updated um, our specification hub on the Duets Decorator Centre website, which has all of the information um, the built professional environments would need uh, around our products. Also yeah. our policies too, if that's needed, and lots of different great tools. I mean, I really recommend... Uh, our Duet's Trade Colour Schema. It's a brilliant tool. 
they would enable you to pick colors and then they would instantly tell you which colors suit uh, that particular color. So it can really help guide and then visualize into mood boards uh, the different color schemes and really bring them to life. So from a paint specification tool to help you state paints and give you a specification to color scheming to all the products, compliance, certification and accreditation, things that you need, it's all there on the specification hubs. It's a really great resource for professionals to use. Great. We've moved to the, the final question there, which is what resources can housing managers use uh, to help them make more sustainable choices? Are there any others that we haven't covered off there? We've put a lot of effort into updating our, our websites and all of our materials to ensure that either on duotrapaintexpert.co.uk or the Duotz Decorator Centre website, particularly the specification hub, host all of these materials. So you'll right. find everything there that you need. And also, you know, great examples and case studies of how others have used them uh, in, in the past and lots of other great content to make people feel more confident and equipped in this area. You know, we recognise not everyone lives and breathes paint uh, as much as <laughs> I do. Um, but what I would also say um, is there's an ability uh, through the Duke's Decorated Centre uh, website to also ask for help and to get in touch for more information. Uh, we have a brilliant specification team as well that can be on hand. So I'd also encourage people to get in touch or get in touch on our social channels or our professional channels and really reach out to us. Uh, we have teams uh, either on the phones or out all over the country uh, supporting customers with projects of all types. Uh, and there are literally hundreds and hundreds of years of collective experience there in helping you to deliver great buildings. And that's really what we're all passionate about. Brilliant. And then finally, what are Dulux Decorator Centre and Dulux Trade doing as businesses to improve sustainability internally? Oh, I think one of the most topical uh, and one of the most visible areas uh, that we haven't really discussed is actually the waste stream. Uh, and Dulux Decorator Centre has for, for many, many years has run a brilliant free uh, can recycling service. Uh, right. So this is for uh, de- uh, contractors and decorators to actually return their, their empty paint cans uh, to be recycled. So um, an area that I would encourage all specifiers or those involved in projects to do is to ask your decorator uh, a contractor to ensure the cans are recycled. So mm-hmm. we can instantly do that to try and create more circularity uh, in, in decorating. Um, DDC are also really trying to ensure they promote uh, the more sustainable options uh, whenever they're in store and also through all of our literature and, uh, and comm. So ensuring that really the more sustainable choice uh, comes to the top um, and that more and more of our customers are aware of how they can make more sustainable choices uh, when they're picking uh, their paints and coatings or when they're specifying. Uh, so I'd say they're the, they're the two major areas that, that we're looking at. Uh, DDC has also published its own commitments to our customers, uh, commitments to uh, drive our customers towards and support them in their journey towards switching the whole industry uh, towards water-based. Uh, it's really impacting actually lives through community activities and impacting 1% of the whole of the UK's population uh, by 2030. Um, and of course, a whole manner of operational improvements to our estates and stores uh, to ensure that we're doing our part in the right way on our journey towards sustainability. Uh, at Axe Nobel, we actually changed our, our whole uh, vision to being around people, planet, paint. So as a business, we're all committed to, to people, ensuring the communities in which we operate, but really our customers truly benefit from our products in, in the best way. That we're reducing our, our impacts on the planet and that we're providing more and more sustainable paints and coatings to our customers to help transform the wider built environment. And DDC is really at the heart of this in the UK. That's fantastic. Um, cheekily, I'm just going to ask one more, which is, um, are you aware of um, social housing managers mm. being driven uh, or mandated rather to to ask you about your supply chain and um, how you're improving mm. recycling, etc.? Was it more yeah. about the sustainability of the individual installations, would you say? 
Uh, I, I would say it's a bit of both. Um, mm. Certainly, um, the, the uh, you know, net zero targets um, that the, um, more and more of the public sector um, are, are taking on board now. Uh, carbon reduction plans, which are coming uh, right the way through the sector and right the way through uh, the, the built environment uh, sector too. Uh, I think that's driving an awful lot more attention. Um, you know, it, a week doesn't a week rarely goes by where we don't receive a very comprehensive questionnaire about our business uh, from a large customer uh, of all different types, from distributors right the way down to uh, social housing uh, customers asking us about our journey towards sustainability, what we're doing, how we as part of their scope three emissions are reducing you know, our impact, which in turn uh, will, will reduce theirs. So there's right. certainly a, a top down target perspective. Yeah. As part of their, their CSR um, requirements, obviously, they, w- they want to know about yours, simply put. That, that, that they do, and the Social Value Act as well has really come in. And you know, there's, there's uh, rarely, I think, anything more powerful uh, within the built environment and within uh, this sector, within social housing, as as the Social Value Act, uh, really coming in to ensure that actually all major projects are delivering for wider society too. Uh, that not only is the environmental piece being looked into, uh, but we're actually uh, getting together with all parts of the supply chain, the supporting projects uh, within the social housing sector to then deliver social value. Um, and we partner with some absolutely outstanding uh, organisations. Uh, for 30 years, we've sponsored community repaint that collects leftover paint and redistribute that to, to those in social need up and down the country. Uh, but also uh, we work with Volunteer at Yourself or VIY, an absolutely great organisation um, who uh, get funding to complete refurbishments generally of community spaces. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, they have a great set, a network of mentors that lead that, but they actually bring needs. So local uh, young people who aren't in employment, education or training, um, and they're giving them construction skills while doing that refurbishment. So we have great projects going on up and down the country every week where we're helping get young people uh, into, um, uh, into to help improve the skills of young people, encouraging them to, to improve their confidence and skill set while transforming community spaces, delivering a lot of social value. And actually, we're really trying hard to then connect those young people with our large contractors and our connect uh, contractors to see actually could some of them become the apprentices of the future. So actually then try and drive those young people uh, into into employment. Um, so we're really trying to you know, complete that circle so that we're not only transforming community spaces, delivering social value, but we're creating a social legacy by getting young people who took part in those projects into local employment. And that's really due to having great conversations with social housing customers, with your main contractors, with your painting um, contractors, and also um, you know DDC or, or, or your uh, other suppliers to bring everyone together and i think it just shows the power of communication and connecting all that we're doing that we can not only deliver short-term social value but long-term social value too well peter that's um fantastically eloquent uh, description of a huge range of how you're harnessing <laughs> your position in the market so thank you very much for that it's been my absolute pleasure james really really great to talk to you and uh, yeah thank you for joining us and building insights